0: Welcome to the Pain-Free Zone. Your host, Nisi Edwards, is founder of the Vibro Patient Education and Support Organization, and she's here to offer help and hope to the millions of individuals who suffer from chronic pain. Now, here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome, everyone, to the Pain-Free Zone. I am your host, Nisi Edwards, and on today's show, we have Jaya Jaya Myra, She is an internationally acclaimed author, speaker, and natural lifestyle expert, teaching people how to cultivate excellent physical, mental, and emotional health based on their personal energy and composition type. After healing herself naturally from debilitating fibromyalgia, Myra developed a blueprint for attaining health based on each person's unique elemental composition. Her approach to health shows why one-size-fits-all solutions don't work for everyone, and how to find what will work for you. Her debut book, Vibrational Healing: Attain Balance and Wholeness, Understand Your Energetic Type, is published in nine languages and is available worldwide. Jaya Jaya Myra is also the founder and director of the 501c3 nonprofit organization Gita for the Masses, teaching spiritual practices that promote conscious character development. Interreligious Dialogue and Interfaith Harmony. Welcome, Myra, to the Pain-Free Zone. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here.
0: You're welcome. Please excuse my voice. I'm dealing with a bit of a cold. <laughs> so No problem. problem. It's difficult. So um, our topic today is how Myra overcame debilitating disease naturally, and you can too. So Myra, you were diagnosed with fibromyalgia a while ago, correct? That is correct. And so what was that process uh, like for you? I mean, because for many people, um, how the, how they notice that they have it is chronic pain. For, for others, you know, it starts in, in, in different ways. For me, I think I shared with you previously, the perfect storm for me was the bullying that I had sustained for two and a half years, and then I started getting intense and experiencing intense chronic pain. So what was your journey?
1: Man, my journey was pretty difficult. Um, I had had bad headaches for a long time and other, you know, other issues. I was beginning to have digestive issues, uh, pain in certain parts of my body. But I, I think the headaches were really a telltale sign for me. Um I went, I underwent a lot of testing for them to figure out what was wrong with me. Like they, the doctors really didn't know. Uh, I even did some nerve conduction tests and that's pretty much when the doctor said, well, we believe that you have fibromyalgia because of all of these pain points in your body, uh, you know, coming up as like the, that in indicative factor but i mean they they really searched for any possible problem and they couldn't find anything else so i would say it was a diagnosis of exclusion like excluding any other possibility and saying well we really don't know what's wrong with you but this is our best guess you know based on these nerve conduction studies and everything else coming up negative
0: okay and then what happened um next um after that what type of treatment did they recommend for you
1: my doctor was actually pretty open to the things that I'd want to try, like if I would want to do more natural remedies or if I wanted like, to go on medication. She sent me to a rheumatologist. Uh, of course, the, the rheumatologist wanted to put me on Lyrica, uh, which I am so thankful knowing what I know about Lyrica now that I opted not to do that. Uh, my primary care physician had given me some lidocaine patches to try to reduce the pain in certain areas, but okay. they actually made me pretty sick. Um, like my body did not react well to that. Uh, in fact, like I don't react well when I take most anything. like if I take painkillers or antibiotics or anything, it just doesn't sit really great with me. So it was not a surprise that that stuff didn't didn't work very well for me. And I was just determined to find a a more natural approach to being healthy because I know that the side effects that go along with a lot of these medications are, uh, you know, almost just as bad as the disease itself. So I, I wanted to find a natural way to heal myself and not be dependent on a medication, not be labeled with having this disease and feeling like I had to take a certain medication for the rest of my life just to cope. Because I sincerely believe that that would cause a deep emotional problem in me and make me feel like I was not capable of succeeding.
0: I absolutely agree, and for many people who have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia, uh, as we both know, you know, once they're told this is what it is, they start them on that course of all these meds, and for many people, all the side effects—it's—it's it's just one thing after another, and they can just never get off
1: any of these meds I, that's right and I think that they don't get off the meds because they're scared because a lot of times the doctors don't know another way or they don't have good resources in their area I mean that's the thing my doctor told me she's like uh, I lived in Reno Nevada at the time she's like you can go down to Stanford because I've heard that they they have a treatment facility down there that does more natural things that's been really productive but I didn't have the money to travel to Stanford for treatments so I, it was a difficult decision for me, especially seeing as how I had worked in the pharmaceutical industry and I, I was a little bit discouraged with a lot of what I saw happening anyway. But it, it was really discouraging to me to, you know, to choose to do something naturally because I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole of getting the rest of my life sucked away through fear and side effects and all of those possible negative reactions? Because I've never known a single person that had been on these medications that had actually successfully overcome the disease. So what motivation was that for me to try myself?
0: There's is, there's is no, motiva- no motivation whatsoever. And I'm so glad you're on the show because you and I have a lot in common. We both work in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, we both have our own not-for-profits. And both experiencing, you know, fibromyalgia, know what that is like. And for many people, you know, they don't seem to understand that there is a better way. You do not have to rely on all these medications. In fact, I would tell people, you know, find a better way before you go down that rabbit hole, because once you get on that, you're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, you know, something else. And you'll never get to where you need to be.
1: Oh, I agree.
0: Never. Yeah,
1: I agree. I mean, I think that it was been easier for me because I never went down that route. Like I decided from day one, that that was not going to work for me. And I didn't want to be bullied and pressured into doing things that I didn't want to do. So of course, I stopped seeing the rheumatologist because the rheumatologist wanted to put me on these meds. And I said, uh no way am i doing that you know coming from the pharmaceutical industry and understanding the underlying and sometimes corrupt nature of what happens it's like no way we're not i'm not doing that uh fortunately my doctor was she was supportive but there wasn't a lot that she could do so i was really left to my own devices to figure out what was going to work for me and what wasn't and it was a long journey. It was about a two-year journey before I got to feeling significantly better. But I just kept on like, with a step-by-step approach, uh, implementing different things at, at different times during that two years. And slowly but surely, uh, I got significantly better to the point to where I don't have that disease anymore. Like if I'm to go to the doctor, like my current doctor doesn't even know that I ever suffered from this.
0: Wow. That's awesome. You know, I mean, now tell us about your, what have you done healing-wise? Because I know that you've pretty much developed uh, your own protocol for healing yourself naturally from it.
1: I'm a huge advocate for mind-body-spirit balance and, like, really understanding how all of these different pieces fit into your life. And, like, when things happen to you in your life, you've really got to understand how, These different events and circumstances lead to our mental, our emotional, and our physical health, or or lack of it for that matter. So for me, as strange as it might sound, meditation was a very, very, very solid platform for me. Because as you know, when you're suffering from chronic pain or disease, it messes up your life. It it becomes difficult to work. Like For me, uh, I was released from my job on disability because I, I wasn't able to work, so I wasn't able to do anything. Uh, it caused me to lose everything in my life, like my marriage. They foreclosed on my home. I had to declare bankruptcy. And so, of course, all of these things definitely uh, contribute to not feeling well emotionally. So meditation was a really solid platform for me that enabled me to defeat both anxiety and depression in a very short period of time. Uh, and I think that being able to stay more m- mentally even and stable and to feel happier and to not go through this roller coaster of anxiety or, oh, woe is me, that was really that platform that I needed to do everything else to get better.
0: Yeah, that was definitely, you know, a motivating factor. And I can relate to what you're saying because uh, I, too, wound up going on disability due to the fibromyalgia. And... Medi- so what worked for me was I had to learn more about meditation in the beginning. I'll be honest, I was not someone who practiced meditation, but I learned to adapt to try it. Because the thing for me was, okay, Myra, you know, like you were saying about all these meds, you didn't want to go down that rabbit hole. I didn't want to go down that hole either for the simple fact that I know that with my body, I have a lot of chemical sensitivity. Yeah, so as do I. It, Yeah. So in the beginning, they gave me some drugs, such as the stem balls and some other things. And I shared with them, no, this is not going to work. And when you mentioned the neurologist, I mean, not the neurologist, the rheumatologist, what's frustrating is that if you're someone that was working and then you go on disability, they don't want to accept what your primary care doctor has to say. They'll tell you, you need to see a specialist, which is usually for many people a rheumatologist. Yeah. You know, and they'll go that route. And of course, what is the rheumatologist going to do? It's easy for them to push drugs, in my opinion, on you because fibromyalgia is not like, you know, RA. Well, they'll give you something, infusion or whatever. With fibromyalgia, I found from experience that you, it's going to require them to work, you know. Um, because everyone's body is, is different in how it responds to different things. And so they don't want to spend that time, I feel, to really work with you to come to, you know, the plan of treatment that's going to work best for you.
1: That's true. And I to think, like, with their medical malpractice insurance, they can't just tell you, oh, go exercise or go meditate because right. then you can sue them for that saying, hey, why am I going to a doctor for you to tell me this? Like you need to treat me. So they face so much moral liability uh, when you go to an actual doctor, when they tell you, hey, go try these other things, especially when you're suffering from a debilitating disease. And I, I'm sure as you and many of your listeners know, like when you're out on short term or long term disability, Like, they really scrutinize what the doctor does. Yes, they do. The doctor cannot just tell you, oh, go exercise and go for a walk every day. Like, they won't won't renew your uh, claims if they were to do that.
0: No, because the first thing they'll say is, oh, well, if you're able to do those things, then there's nothing wrong with you. You're able to work.
1: And that's exactly what they did to me because I, I kept teaching dance as much as I could when, uh, I was sick, even though it was difficult. I had a, a once a week ballroom and Argentine tango class that I taught. And, you know, it helped to keep my spirits up even though it was very difficult for me to do, but they took that carte blanche as a way to totally deny my disability claim. Even though my doctor, uh, was at the time guiding me through how to get permanent disability if I wanted to do that. Like she was going to sign off on that. But yeah, the, the fact that I could dance for 30 minutes once a week meant that I was not disabled. I mean, the system is so messed up.
0: It is very messed up because from my experience with um, the pharma company that I work for, they use these um, absent management companies that oversee mm-hmm. your whole disability. And no matter what your doctor says, if your doctor says, for example, Hey, I've been seeing and treating this patient for X amount of period of time. These are the findings. This is what I would like to see Ms. Edwards or whomever do more of. They look for any way to deny that claim. And plus they pay, you know, they play these games. I, I remember the doctor, uh, Myra completing the forms sending it to them, and then they're playing another game where they claim they didn't get it. I mean, they do everything that really affects your emotional and your spiritual well-being. In fact, these people actually make you worse. They're toxic because they don't have an agenda to help you. Their agenda is to penalize you and not approve your claim.
1: Yeah, their agenda is to not pay any more money than they absolutely have to, and they will do unethical things to make sure that they don't have to pay you. Because if your physician says that you are disabled and, hey, for fibromyalgia, we know that the scientific research says that you should get more exercise and you should do things that are right. more active, uh, you can't be penalized. You know, you can't be penalized for pursuing those courses of treatments to try to get better. Just because, like I said, you go to the gym and you – walk on a treadmill or go on an elliptical for 20 minutes and then you're in pain and you're exhausted afterwards, that does not mean that you're capable uh, of working, of managing the, the stress of a full-time or a part-time job or doing whatever else is required of you. I mean, people seem to forget that when you have fibro, you also have brain fog. It prevents yeah. you from like really functionally thinking through scenarios and problems, and you can't be a reliable employee when you're trying to deal with that.
0: No, you can't, you know, because when you mentioned about that brain fog, I remember being on the highway, driving um, to visit family members. And I've made this drive, all you know, my entire life pretty much. And Mm -hmm. I've got there fine, but coming back home is where the problem started. I got lost, didn't? And I, when I got lost, Myra, I was oh about two hours from where I needed to be, and um, you know I just couldn't focus. I, I just couldn't seem to think to find my way back. I, I eventually did find my way back, but they just don't. Well, I'm not gonna say they don't understand. I just feel that they just don't care.
1: No, that's that's really what it comes down to. That it's. It's business and money. It has yeah. nothing to do with caring or compassion. I, I mean, and I know what you mean. I didn't get lost when I was driving, but I did get into a couple of small fender benders because I yeah. just was not um, alert enough to stay, stay fully focused all the time, like with all of this crap going on in my life and feeling horrible and losing my job and my home. I mean, of course, that is going to completely mess with you psychologically and emotionally.
0: Oh, it, it, it will. And in, in my case, uh, with the bullying, even though uh, at the time when I was on short-term <clears throat> disability, that was a really difficult time in my life because, believe it or not, my employer would still call me at home to ask me questions about I'll never forget uh, about doing the reviews for my staff and other things. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you're a billion-dollar company, and you mean to tell me You're going to be contacting me at home. They're not supposed to do those things. Yeah. They're not supposed to do those things at all. And I just felt that, okay, you bullied me for two and a half years, and now that I'm home on medical leave, I still can't get any rest. Here you are. You know, you're still doing things that stress me out. And it just got to the point. I remember one day my husband said, you know what, when they call, don't take their call. You know, don't worry about them. You're here trying to recover. Forget them. You know, that's their problem. That's, that's no longer your problem. That's no longer your concern. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It, it's unfortunate the, the way that, that people function. But yeah, it makes recovery even more difficult. And see, that's the thing. Like when you feel bullied by a doctor telling you, Oh, you have to do this. This is the only thing that's going to help. Yeah. Or your employer, like, Oh, we need you to still, take care of this, or, oh, we need you to send in these weekly or biweekly updates about your health status. It's like, it's like my God, you know, um, you just need, like, some time to actually recover. And when you're having to juggle all of those different things, it doesn't give you the mental or the emotional space or what I call inner prosperity to be able to thrive and succeed. And if you can't cultivate this ability to thrive and feel good about yourself, there's no way that you're going to be able to recover from a debilitating illness, whether that's fibromyalgia or, or lupus or arthritis or any number of other diseases that people suffer from. Like, you have to be in a place in your life where you feel good about yourself and what's happening. And these systems, they're, they're really set up in a way to make you fail, not to enable you to succeed.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, I remember after that incident, so that was uh, in 2014 when I was first diagnosed. And it was about uh, three years later when I attempted to return to work, and I went to a totally different company, brand-new company for me, and I, my staff, one of the members of my staff was someone who had an autoimmune condition. And um, for the first month or so, I never did meet her, you know, because she was off on lease. And mm-hmm. me myself having, it in, you know, an illness, a chronic illness, I was sympathetic to this employee, even though I never met her, because I knew what that was like when you have a chronic illness. And I would hear many people, you know, they would come to me and say, well, she's never here because she's always sick. <clears throat> when she gets back, you need to get rid of her. And I refused to do that. In fact, I work with her to get her an option to work from home because what I looked at was okay, rather than tear somebody down, mess with their their finances, their emotional state, if they're still able to function somewhat why are we so quick to discard employees and workers who have valuable skill sets that we that an employer can still use when all they need is the opportunity perhaps to work from home. So Absolutely. I was able to facilitate that for myself, but it didn't work for me because my pain um, returned and that was because I found myself working, I'll never forget it, 215 15-hour days. That was the worst mm-hmm. thing because then vertigo <clears throat> started and I never experienced vertigo before. And the one thing, Myra, that I learned about me, and I knew this all along, was that my emotional state determined how I felt. <clears throat> so if I was worried and stressed all the time, it intensified my pain. If yes. mm-hmm. I managed that, you know, the pain wouldn't be as bad. It was kind of like a yo-yo, you know, up, down, up, down, until you finally listen to your body and you, you learn that, hey, you know what? That's not the job for you. You need to focus on your needs, Nisi, and for anyone else that's listening, if you find yourself in that situation, you know, you got to work on healing. And to me, healing begins from the inside. And you got to learn how to manage your emotions, your emotional well-being. And, you know, that's why I love the work that you do as well as your debut book, Vibrational Healing, Attaining Balance and Wholeness. Because that's what it's all about. It is,
1: absolutely. Like, you have to cultivate that, what I call inner prosperity. It's like, you know, your connection with your deepest self or whatever God you choose to worship. I mean, and if you don't believe in God, you know, you, you still probably believe in yourself, right? I mean, I'm not really sure what an atheist (laughs) believes, but, cause uh, I've never been atheist. But yeah, you see that you're here, so you know you have a connection with something, whether that's God or consciousness or yourself. And whenever like you can make that connection strong and feel like you are living your purpose, that you are here for a reason and uh tap into those like inner feelings of joy and prosperity and goodness. That stuff really does help with your healing journey. But it gets so obscured and clouded over like when we feel pain and we feel negativity and we're remembering those emotional wounds that likely uh cause the, the fibro to begin with. Like honestly, I have never met a single person who has fibromyalgia who has not endured some form of physical or emotional pain preceding it. Like I, I really believe that um abuse, negativity, bullying, violence, uh, sexual abuse, like these things will likely lead to a disease manifestation of fibromyalgia or chronic pain if you don't emotionally deal with that pain at the time. And it might take a long time for it to pop up. It might be 10 or 20 years later. But this is how the mind works. You know, the mind stores all of the stuff down in the subconscious, and it's going to eventually take its toll on your physical body. Like, if you don't deal with it.
0: That's true, because these are traumas, you know. Uh, These are traumas. And I also think about people with PTSD, you know, Mm -hmm. just a a variety of other things, including our military personnel, the traumas that um, they sustain. Now, for me, one of the the big things that I had to deal with besides the pain was um, anger. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. the anger from... This is what happened to me, not being able to get any help, doing everything that I knew how to do to do things the right way. And, you know, I remember going to management to get help. And how they called themselves helping me was they wanted me to give up my management role to take a a staff role in, in terms of reporting to the people who were bullying me, and I thought, well, how much sense does that make? Really? You think I'm going to do that? And then, you know, it was the, the the pressure where they kept increasing work, just doing different things, and I, I knew what that was. You know, that's the way to do subtle things to get you to quit. And so, yeah. for me, Myra, I just felt that, okay, I have these benefits, I know about the short-term disability and the long-term disability, I'm going to fight for it. I'm, I just am not going to allow them to force me to quit, even though it was tempting just to get away from it. But I knew that, hey, I, I need these benefits, you know, and I'm not going to allow them to get away with it. They've, they've gotten away with too much already, and I'm going to fight them as long as I can fight them to get the help that I need. Uh,
1: absolutely. That's, it's very important. And it is difficult because Yes. You don't want to stay in that negativity when you're right. trying to cultivate this inner prosperity and that that vitality that you really need to be successful with your healing. But sometimes it is necessary. I, I wasn't capable of dealing with any of it. And yeah, my entire world collapsed around me. It was extremely, yeah. extremely difficult to recover from all of those changes Um, but I am tenacious and I'm stubborn and I'm determined, thankfully. So I eventually did start working again, but I started my own business and then that enabled me to take clients and work on my own time and on my own schedule and for like what I could do. And then to slowly ramp up with those clients as I got better, you know, it wasn't like this all or nothing. Hey, either you go get this full time job or, or you're not working. Like, it allowed right. me to do these things at my own pace. And for me, uh, th- that's what I needed. You know, I needed to know that I could take these little bites off of things, be successful, and then add more onto my plate.
0: Ab- absolutely. You know, um, as you were speaking, one quote came to my mind about, and it's from Na- Naomi Judd, when she says, your body hears everything your mind says. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have to have emotional healing. So tell us about the work that you're doing, that you have found that, um, cause that has helped you, but it's also transforming and helping your clients.
1: Uh, well, like I said, meditation is always a cornerstone. And the thing about meditation is that there is so many different ways to meditate. Like there's techniques, there's silent meditations, there's things that use mantra, there's things that use visualization. So uh, again, it's a matter of understanding your own unique composition and energy type so that you can find the sorts uh, of modalities and techniques that are going to be really beneficial for you that you're going to gravitate towards. So meditation is important because it does help to settle the mind, but it it goes in and starts to get rid of all that stuff that we've accumulated in the subconscious. So like, here's the analogy that I like to use. We all eat food every day, and we know we have to digest our food uh, and then excrete that, right? Like every single day. But right. all of us take in thoughts and experiences every single day, and we haven't trained our mind to digest those thoughts or experiences. So they just go into the mind and get stored. And those stored things are like what cause these problems later on. It's what causes chronic conditions and underlying things that are difficult to get rid of. But when you have a meditation practice, that's what enables you to go in and digest these thoughts and experiences. And it's happening of its own accord. Like you don't have to think, oh, I need to be courageous or, oh, I need to be strong. Like, you know, you just need to relax and let the process do what it's going to do and it does help and it will help to reset your parasympathetic nervous system which is going to enable your body to be able to kick in and heal more quickly so in addition to the meditation uh, i definitely recommend dietary changes for people again based on their type and composition but for me i started out by looking at my gut and what was going on in my gut like uh, I definitely uh, had candida to deal with, and so that was one of the first things that I tackled. And again, when you're able to get your digestion working better, you can heal from just about anything. Um, Ayurveda looks at digestion as being the root of health or any disease manifestation. Like if your body is not adequately digesting food, you don't have the right balance of flora, uh, that will lead to health problems. Because your body is just constantly working on trying to get the food out of it. So it can't use that energy to actually boost your immune system. And now we've got so many scientific studies that that show this. Like, yeah, that you need your digestion to be strong and balanced because otherwise your immune system is going to be compromised. Uh, you're going to be releasing stress hormones. You're likely to gain weight, to not sleep well. All of these things which just lead you to have a poor
0: quality of life. And, Myra, doesn't your gut also has its own central
1: nervous system? Yeah, your gut does have a mind of its own. So it, it is very important to get that balanced and on track. Uh, that's, like, one of the first things I recommend. I, I always start with a platform of meditation, but those dietary changes and getting the gut health in order, it, it's pretty crucial. Like, those are the foundational pieces that people need to do if they want to be able to sustain anything. Because otherwise, it's like you're constantly using up that little bit of fuel that you've given to your body, and you're not able to build on anything. So you'd always be running on empty. But if you get your gut into good health, and you start working on having a good meditation and mindfulness practice every day to where you're strengthening your mental and emotional health, it's like you're filling up your tank so you have more positive resources to go to and you're not constantly running on empty
0: now myra what about people who are new to meditation and who will say i just can't quiet my mind i mean how how do they start where would they begin
1: uh well you would begin probably through lengthening and slowing the breathing honestly uh A good exercise that I think is fun is just to tell people, I want you to breathe normally and like your inhale and your exhale would be considered one, like one breath cycle. How many breath cycles do you do in the course of a minute? So if you can sit and time this out, um, the average human breath cycle is about 15 breath cycles per minute. And that's a sign that like you're like, you're in good health ideally. If you have more breath cycles than that per minute, it can show that the body is leading towards bad health. And the fewer breath cycles you have per minute, like it shows that your immune system is stronger and that like you have strong regenerative powers and you're not likely to get sick. So uh, so this is interesting. Like I used to get sick all the time. And I think when I started out, you know, my breath cycles were probably around 15 per minute. And so I worked on changing that and lengthening and deepening my breath to where that became more natural for me. I think my breath cycles are at about eight per minute now and I pretty much never get sick. Like I'm, I'm able, like I'm able to not, uh, get these common illnesses or colds that people come down with. And I think it's because like that immune system is just stronger. I'm more in tune with my body. Like I can tell when things start to get off kilter. And then I like just rectify that before it gets to a point to where it's a problem. So I recommend starting with a breath because the breath is connected to the mind. The slower you're breathing, uh, your mind will not be as chaotic. Um, but the second piece to that is people think that meditation is about clearing your mind and it's really not because you're going to okay. have stuff that's going through the mind no matter what. Like even when you're meditating, it, it's more about learning how to bring your attention to a particular thing. It doesn't mean that that other stuff is not there because it most definitely is. It just means that you're not focusing on it and you're letting it go. You're letting it drift by and then you're letting it drift right on out.
0: Okay. So, and like, um, if people meditate if people, daily?
1: Um, I meditate daily, and I, I think that it's easier, like, for people to start with a technique. So when you okay. have a technique, what that is doing is it's helping to train your mind. You, maybe it's a technique that uses a visualization or a mantra or something that you're focusing on, and that focal point allows the mind something to spin its energy on. And, like, when you're focusing on that particular uh, visualization, say, that you're doing or you're chanting a mantra – it helps to keep that other stuff out of your mind for that point in time. And so essentially these techniques are helping to train your mind to hone in on something specific. And then you can change up your technique like as you grow and progress and become like more comfortable with this into like doing things and having longer periods of silence like where the mind will start to stay quiet. And it doesn't even matter if it doesn't stay quiet. Like The thing that matters is being consistent. It's the consistency, the daily consistency in the meditation that actually changes your subconscious mind. Like it's better to sit daily for 10 minutes, even if you don't feel like you're being successful, and to do it every single day than it is to meditate an hour a day three times a week. An hour a day three times a week is not going to change uh, the way your brain is functioning but that 10 minutes a day definitely will. Because over time, okay. you're, you're building a new habit for yourself. And the, the body and the mind really like discipline and consistency and habit. So once you start to do something regularly, it becomes like your normal state of being. So you're going to have this positive momentum even from your previous meditations because the body has just gotten into this groove of being more quiet. And then that's going to make it easier to sustain your routine as you go forward. It, it's normal for everything to be difficult at first. And uh, seriously, that's totally normal. Um, but if you just stick with it and you do it every day, you will find that it gets easier.
0: That's okay, a promise. Thank you. That That's helpful. And I'm I, glad that you shared those tidbits because um, I've spoken with many people, I mean, not on the show, but just, you know, one-to-one about meditation and They've made it seem for me really, really difficult to do, but just listening to your explanation, uh, I like that it is more achievable. You know, just to take those small steps.
1: Uh, absolutely, and like you can do fun techniques too that you enjoy, like that that are working towards a specific goal. And I think that that stuff makes it more enjoyable. It's also more enjoyable when you learn to relax. Like people have these false notions about how you should should sit and hold your hands and all of this stuff. And and just to be blunt and direct, it's a load of crap. Like if you're going to meditate for seven or eight hours straight, yeah, you might want to sit in lotus position and have your hands in a specific mudra because it's easier to sustain yourself. But I don't know anyone who doesn't live in an ashram who would meditate for seven or eight hours straight. So it's most important for you to just be comfortable, you know, like go sit on your favorite place in the couch or on your recliner and just get the body into a comfortable place where you're not thinking about the different aches and pains or your posture or anything. Just relax your hands in your lap, like whatever works for you and focus on the breath. Like that is the simplest thing to do. I have a ton of techniques, meditation techniques in my book that help people to accomplish different goals based on their energy type. There's also quizzes in the book that help people to identify what their energy type and composition is. So it makes it easier for people to start a practice because, trust me, I know how difficult all of this stuff is. But as I said, I was tenacious and stubborn and determined, and so I, I got through it. And I've had a pretty consistent practice for over 10 years now.
0: Awesome. Now, when you say energy type, can you uh, clarify that?
1: So if you look at Ayurveda or traditional Chinese medicine or Siddha medicine or any of these systems, uh, like these ancient healing systems, they come back down to this basic composition type that's rooted in the the five basic elements. When people think of Ayurveda, they think of the three doshas, uh, like Vata, Pitta, or Kapha. But if you study Ayurveda more in depth, those still get broken down to those five elements, like which Chinese medicine just goes like directly to that elemental system. So uh, when I am teaching people about these elements, it's basically like we all have these five elements inside of us and they make up our composition. But the difference is that we have them in different proportions. So we've all got earth, water, fire, air and ether but maybe your primary type is earth and your secondary type is fire. That is going to determine all sorts of things. Like it's going to shape your personality. It's going to shape your physical body structure and type. Uh, it's going to determine how you think and process reality. Uh, it's going to determine what you should eat. Uh, it's going to determine how you should work out and when, and all sorts of things that are very unique like to you and your composition. So when you learn to work with that and stay in harmony with it, you'll find that things are easier for you. So fire is connected with vision and sight. So someone who has a lot of fire element might really enjoy doing a meditation technique to where they're doing a visualization as a part of it. That might make it easier, more enjoyable for the individual. And if it's more enjoyable, it's going to be more sustainable. Like you're going to wake up and you're going to want to go do that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So maybe like if you have no ether or space element in your composition, I won't say no, because we all have everything. But if you have very little, you're probably not inclined towards music because space element relates to sound and vibration. Uh, conversely, if you have a lot of that ether element, you are really going to gravitate towards music. You're going to gravitate towards song, like towards singing, towards playing an inter- playing an instrument for those type of people they'll probably really enjoy either doing a mantra or listening to a mantra uh, or listening to a certain sound frequency when they're meditating because it's going to relax them and make it easier for them. So when you identify your constitution, you can find techniques to pair with that that are going to be really enjoyable for you.
0: Now, how would I find out which one I am?
1: Uh, you can find out really easily by getting my book because I have the quizzes in there for people. Uh, I do okay. consults with people as well, like where we can go through this stuff and like I will teach them about their composition and type like, we'll go through those quizzes, but I'll do it one-on-one with a person so we can talk about like what's really going on and how like these different things play together and what it means to their life and their strengths and talents and gifts and weaknesses and everything. And, it's actually a really good tool for understanding yourself. You know, and I think that's what this all comes down to with mind-body-spirit balance is that yeah. you have to know who you are and then you have to work with that. You have to know what your your purpose is. What is your composition? What are my talents? What are my weaknesses? How do I use my strengths to minimize my weaknesses? Because all of this is possible. And if you get really serious about it, you can accomplish anything that you put your mind and your heart to.
0: That is so true. Now, when you said uh, about the consultation, so, um, you're, I know you're in New York, correct? Mm-hmm.
1: That so is 14, correct. Uh, I do so consultations 14. via Skype or Zoom if people aren't in the city.
0: Great. Cause that was going to be my next question. Uh, I'll definitely be making an appointment with you cause, uh, I need to learn more, uh, about this. So, you were talking also, I know your book, um, vibrational healing so when you talk about your energetic height um, as well as meditation is, is that all a part of the vibrational healing or is that just another aspect of it is there more to it than that
1: so uh, when I say vibrational healing I'm really teaching people how to identify what their vibrational frequency is and how to work with it so meditation is is definitely a part of that Understanding your elemental composition is a huge part of it. And then it just becomes really fun to figure out what is going to work for you and what you like working with. Like an, an earth-based person, uh, earth is related to the sense of smell. So someone who has a lot of earth would probably be really inclined towards things like aromatherapy, uh, incense. They would probably like to work with spices, you know, maybe these sort of people would start incorporating uh, different medicinal spices and herbs into their cooking routine to help them get and stay healthy. Uh, maybe someone who is a, like a fire-based constitution, like I said, fire is related to sight. They're going to do things that are, are very visual. They may actually do techniques, uh, spiritual techniques that are actually connected to fire itself. Uh, they're also going to have probably very sharp and clear personalities and know what it is that they want. And all of like your inner attributes are going to get strengthened as you start working with those elemental composition types. Like when you acknowledge them and you show gratitude for them and you work with them, you're going to strengthen all of those positive manifestations. And that's going to help you to build that inner prosperity that we talked about earlier, too, that makes you feel good about yourself and feel like, yeah, I can succeed with it, with whatever I do. So yes, like, yes. while everything may seem very simple, like there's nothing that I've done that's rocket science. It's literally just implementing a whole bunch of different things like meditation, uh, breathing, dietary changes, healing my gut, working with my energy type having a, a good workout routine that works for me, staying consistent, uh, really deepening my spirituality and getting fully okay with my connection with myself and my God. Th- these things are so powerful. Like you cannot underestimate the power of your connection with yourself and God and your connection with having a consistent and disciplined daily routine that is fostering your health and well being. If you do these things, you will definitely be better than where you are today. No questions.
0: I really believe that. And the biggest thing that stands out for me is that for many people, women especially, all this hustle and bustle, hustle and bustle, especially in corporate America, you know, you're running, 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 and you never take the time for you. You know, family, for example, get up, you know, a little bit earlier in the morning. And um, for some people, that's hard to do, especially if they have children, you know, because it's also, oh, yeah. it's also getting them off. It's kind of hard for them to take out, you know, some time for themselves. But listening to everything that you said, in order to fix that, you know, and to heal, you really got to do it.
1: So like, if you go to my website, I have a, a free mini ebook on there that you can download. That is one of the first things like that I have in there is talking about this daily me time routine because the, the reason why a lot of people aren't successful with meditation has nothing to do with meditation. It has to do with the fact that they don't do anything consistent for themselves in their lives. Like they don't even take that 10 or 15 minutes to do something that they enjoy, let alone to do something that they don't enjoy. You know, this is why we fail at our New Year's resolutions. This is why people start a new endeavor and can't succeed with it. It's because just that lack of consistency in day-to-day life. So if you can start a routine every single day where you're taking 15 minutes to do something that you deeply enjoy, you'll definitely be able to stay stable with a meditation routine. Absolutely.
0: 15 minutes in the grandest scheme of things, if you think about it. 15 minutes, when it comes down to your well-being, body, mind, spirit, and soul. It's nothing. It's It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. And you need that, you know, to survive. I mean, really, seriously, you really need to do it.
1: You do. I mean, and if you think about it, statistics show that the average individual spends about an hour a day on social media. If you can spend an hour on your Facebook page, you can take 15 minutes to go do something that you enjoy.
0: That's true. You're absolutely right. You know, that, that is so true. And, you know, no excuses, you know, because you have people who live pretty much on social media or that time that you spend, whether it's video games or whatever, you know, take some time mm-hmm. out for yourself. I look at it as investing in yourself, you know, just like we invest in the stock market or whatever you're investing in invest in your own emotional well-being to sustain your life.
1: Absolutely. You have to do that. If you want to be successful in your life, you have to take time to invest in yourself, both energetically and financially. It's it's really crucial to health, to well-being, to success. Definitely, if you want to become an entrepreneur, like these are just foundational things.
0: That's true. and um, I was going to tell you, I, I, I checked out, was it the Harry Connick show? Yes. Okay. And I really enjoyed when you, when you were speaking about the different types of food. So, you know, for example, I I encourage everyone to check that out by going to um, Myra's website, which she'll give to you shortly, but um, she was speaking about the type of food, you know, that you want to stay away from, or you should eat when it comes down to, uh, an interview. I mean, it was just it, it's beyond the interview. It was just so many different segments about that when it comes down to nutrition and wellness and what you need to know. And I and I'm, I remember one of the things, Myra, wasn't there a pomegranate?
1: Yeah, I, I did talk there. about pomegranates yeah. in there. Yeah. Pomegranates yeah. are great. Like they got tons of antioxidants in them. They're they're so good for you, and especially women because. They're connected energetically to fertility and abundance. And, again, it's going to help your emotional health.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so, everyone, I, I recommend that you check it out. Um, a, a lot of a, a helpful tips there that uh, for everyone. So, Myra, before we wrap it up, give us some other tips of what we need to know how to improve our overall emotional well-being, physical as well as spiritual.
1: Take time to figure out what is the most important to you in your life right now. That, that might sound really simple and basic, but it's something that some people have not really taken the time to sit down and think about, and it's important. Um, it's important to have very clear goals and desires because if there's nothing that you're desiring right now, you're stagnating your energy, and you're not enabling yourself to move forward and come out of that stagnation. Like you have to be working towards something uh if you want to get better. You you can't do it when you're just totally uh in this place of who you are right now. It's like know who you are, but also know who and what you want to become.
0: Mm, that's very powerful. Know who you are and know who and what you want to become. And for many people, they don't know who they are, let alone who or what they want to become.
1: And that stagnates the healing journey when we don't have clear, tangible, and attainable goals.
0: Mm, 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 mm. That that's um that's something to think about, people. Uh, you know, because your mind is racing, you're doing everything hit or miss. It's kind of like the spaghetti effect. You know, you're throwing things. You're you're putting a lot of effort out there, and it's it's not paying off. So maybe you need to just stop and think about what Myra just said and figure out who are you? Who do you want to become? You know, what do you want to do with your life? Basically what, you know, discover your own life purpose.
1: Absolutely. It will go a long way in, in helping you in that bigger uh, picture of things.
0: That's so true. Now, Myra, tell our audience where they can purchase your book and, how may they get in contact with you to, you know, to, um, for you to work with them and do a consultation with them? Absolutely.
1: I'm very easy to find online. My website is JayaJayaMaira.com. That's J-A-Y-A-J-A-Y-A-M-Y-R-A.com. You can find me on just about any social media channel at that same handle, at JayaJayaMaira.com. And if you go to my website, there will be links on there to where you can purchase my book uh, through Amazon or Barnes and Noble, and it's also available in ebook format on either of those platforms. So go ahead, check it out. Uh, as you said, Nisi, you can watch the videos where I've been a guest on Harry Connick Jr.'s National Daytime Show. And you can also tune in to the next one that will be airing on May 16th, where I will be giving a lot of tips about diet and how this is going to relate to having fun this summer.
0: Um, that's awesome. And what else do you have coming up, uh, Myra? I'm actually developing a – uh,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm working on a mastermind retreat right now. Uh, it will be for 10 people. We'll have a kickoff weekend in New York City and then have an intensive health and wellness-focused mastermind group for six months. Oh,
0: that sounds wonderful, wonderful. And will that be on your website coming soon?
1: Uh, it will be. If you go to my coaching and programs page, you can definitely send an inquiry uh, right now about that. I mean, it does mention the, the private client work, the masterminds, and people can also schedule just to spend a full day with me to work on whatever it is that that they're having issues with. So some people don't have time to have ongoing consultations. Yeah, just book a full day and you can accomplish a whole lot.
0: Awesome. Well, Myra, I'm really appreciative for your time, for coming on the Paying Free Zone. I would love for you to return on the air with me in the future in uh, I won't have any issues with no cold by then. This just struck me suddenly. But um, I'm appreciative for you coming on the air. And um, thank you so much for all these golden nuggets that you have shared with our audience.
1: Thank you for having me as a guest. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. And enjoy the rest of your day. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye.